0: Your hands together
1: for the late morning program with your host, Nam Ross
0: What's up, Brahma? Hi. How's it going? Good. Thanks for coming on. This Thanks is my for having <laughs> <me>. <laughs> this, this is my 15th episode, everyone. I you. Thank you. Good, Good job. We have a little bit of an audience. Um, so, uh, how, so what are you up to these days? Not much. Cool. What about you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to? Um, I
0: haven't done, I haven't done this in a while. just been busy and stuff. So, um, but now I'm back into it. When and I was think the some- last one you did? Uh, the last one I did was Chaitanya Nanda? Does anyone know? Yeah, Chaitanya Nanda. No, but,
1: but, but, that, I don't know when that was. Oh, yeah.
0: When was it? Like maybe two months ago? okay. It was a while ago. Anyways, um so so let let's talk a little bit about you. Like uh so how did how did we get to know each other? We you joined at the same temple that I that I grew up at, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about, about about that. How did you get come in contact with uh, devotees?
1: I read Gita, my neighbor, Kulapradeep uh Prabhu. <laughs> he We both became vegetarian and were reading different philosophies. At least I think we both were. Um, And he gave me a Gita. I can't remember whose translation it was. It was like a really thin penguin classics. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, you got to read this. It's crazy. Really? And then I read it. How old were you guys? Kula was, I don't know. Kula, were you 17? Yeah. Yeah, Kula was 17. I was 14. Barbara Stoller Miller, what's that? Barbara Stoll or Barbara Stoller? Stoller. Stoller Miller. What that was the Gita? That was her translation. That oh, was nice. Like a really small translation. Uh huh. And he he lent it to me because he was reading Pearl pods I believe, and then it just spoke to me in a really deep way. Really. The way, uh, I mean, there were things that, um, like, you ever look in a mirror and you you sort of like can disassociate from what you're looking at. Mm. And you sort of think, I'm looking at this thing, but I'm something inside of it. Like that reflection, you kind of disassociate with what you're seeing. Right. And so I had this idea, like, okay, I'm not this body, but uh, going beyond that and have much to do. Before you read the Gita? Before reading the Gita. Really? I read the Gita and the idea of like, you know, you're not the body or something within the body. Then that really uh, spoke to me in a really deep way. Wow. Then it... I was like, okay, now what do I do? So I had some friends in Massachusetts who were devotees, and they sent me beads and were chanting. And then finally, uh, we were able to go to the temple. Because I didn't have a license, so I was just depending on Kula, uh, who was my neighbor, we yeah. grew up in a few houses down from each other.
0: So right, right. We started
1: going. Do you- yeah,
0: I remember when we met.
1: I mean, I don't remember the first time we met.
0: Yeah, but I, I v- very vividly remember seeing you and being like, who is that guy? Because his sideburns are sick. <laughs> and you were wearing a blue kurta and you had earrings.
1: And I always wanted earrings. But it wasn't a blue kurta. It was a blue t-shirt. Okay, for some reason, but, but I it remember... Really big. It was really big. Because <laughs> I remember the pic- there's a lot of pictures of that. I had like, this blue Krishna t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, I remember when we went to Gita Nagari um i don't know how old you were because how much younger are you how old are you
0: i'm 33 gonna be 34 this year
1: so you were like 9 or 10 or something yeah and i remember we came back and we're at your parents house or then we're gonna go to Tawako, and i took a shower and changed, but i wasn't sure to put on my old dodie that i was just wearing oh my god and i was like which one should i put on and you go you're like well, you don't want to be like an elephant bathing. Put on a clean one. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. Oh my god. And I think it was the first time I ever heard that. I think I got more influence from from you and um, uh, Shambhukumari. Kumari than yeah. anyone. Yeah. She was. She told me I should move into the temple when she was like, I don't know what 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 age she was. <laughs> she so was after wandering you around the basement.
0: Yeah. So after you got in contact, how much later did you like move into the temple and become a monk?
1: Uh, it was. I had to wait till I turned eighteen. Oh, okay. Uh, because my parents were not so inclined. Right. Uh, so I turned eighteen. I basically, I, I think I put on saffron earlier. Yeah. And got initiated before. And then when I went away to college, I went to college in Detroit because it was my grandmother's zone, mm-hmm. and I was living in the temple half the time, and then in school half the time. And then once I turned eighteen, then I moved to Gitanagari. Oh, okay. So it was, a f- you know, just a few years later. What
0: was your experience meeting your spiritual master for the first time? Like, what you, what attracted you to him?
1: I think you know, Mahamuni. I was talking with Mahamuni about it at the time, and because I was trying to figure out who's my guru. Right. What? what Tulsa, why are why you giving me all those side eyes? <laughs> I could. I thought I no, could say it. if No, no, a you good can. Thing. You can. Don't listen to her. You can. <laughs> It's the only one that's bad <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. exactly If it's a good thing, then it's okay Yeah. Uh, so Yeah, I, I What was it? Mahamuni Mah- was oh saying- yeah, Mahamuni I was trying to figure out who I should Take initiation from and yeah. what, Who's the guru and everything And who's my guru And he put it really well He said, because some people were like Oh, I met my guru, I just knew Right. He was my guru. Yeah, and I was like, "What does that mean? What the hell does that mean?" Yeah, yeah. And or they would be like, "Oh, he had this aura and he had this effulgence." And, I mean, to me, it just sounded like a lot of BS. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like it's not, it's not quantitative.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: You can, it, And it's not really helpful, frankly. Right. And so what he said to me was, "It's not a sentimental thing. It's that you have faith that this person." can help you to get prema, or can take you back to Godhead, as he said at the time. Right. Um, And I think that really gave really concrete parameters for me to understand. And I was talking to some different people that I was attracted to, and I remember hearing my Grammar's lectures and really feeling deeply connected with them and also that i could understand what he was saying mm. and i could and i could very immediately apply what he was saying to my life mm. and to me that felt like an important thing that th- these other people that i was talking to very well may be qualified gurus but i felt that who, knowing who I am and knowing who he is, I could understand what he was saying. I could relate it and i could it would actually like apply to me mm. and that I thought was i could that made sense then I also saw his disciples, and I saw what they were like, and I kind of thought well i would I wouldn't mind being more like these people, right you know the qualities that they had like people like Koriksha <clears throat> Prabhu and Lagima city right um and so that, that kind of solidified it. And then uh, we were writing. I, I was writing letters to my Gramarish to my and uh, it was a while before we actually met in person because I was always getting grounded. Really. And I could never I, somehow or other like it, I remember he did a program in New Jersey, and I think I was grounded that day oh that night, my so gosh. I couldn't I couldn't get out. Uh, I kept on. Yeah, I was pretty much grounded all of my high school career. <laughs>
0: that's that's amazing so then after you met him and you kind of wanted to become a monk you most of your monk life was was in Kitanagri. yeah
1: yeah at the Kitanagari. farm it was all
0: what that what was that experience like
1: it was nice um it was really nice i i i mean i got there and then within a month i went to india uh for a few months and then i came back and then I. Uh, My Grommage came back to the U.S., and then I traveled with him, and I was his secretary for most of that time when Mm -hmm. he was in the U.S. Right. And otherwise, I was a Pujari. I got second shortly after he came back. And Mm -hmm. then... I mean, for me, it was ideal. It was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I just wanted to be a Pujari, and I just wanted to serve the deities, and, and somehow or other, it all sort of worked out really well. It was intense, especially when I was doing Deity Seva and um, doing all the emails with my Guru Maharaj. Oh, wow. uh, but it really taught me a lot of responsibility. I mean being with him I think there was spiritual things that I learned, but mm-hmm. also just material like how to be a grown man, how to be an adult with responsibilities, how to you know, see things through and just very basic stuff as a as a human being, but it was revolutionary for like a teenage Teenage right. boy, uh, and I for me that was invaluable. But also just being in the farm was nice with the devotees that were there at the time. It was a nice community, mm. and also just being out of the city. Like I couldn't have imagined. In some ways, it was. I always thought it would be cool and fun to live in a place like in Boston or something. Mm. It seemed like a nice group, but I don't know, I couldn't have ever managed that. I'm not <laughs> a Sengertan devotee or something. Right. So. For right. me, my Guru she would always say like, yeah, this is Brahmacharya life. You live in the forest. You serve the deities. Right, right. And so that, that was, I was happy with that.
0: Nice. And then did you, then you spent, uh, then you got married l- yeah. later. Um, and uh, how long have you been married for now? Uh, Over 18 three. years. I wow, think wonderful. That. Great, great. Um, and then you lived in India for a while, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We've been going back and forth uh since that first i mean i've been to india every year for the last 20 years except for one year (laughs) really yeah i think i I think between my first trip and my second trip i didn't go once one year maybe it was two years uh, maybe like one full year passed but it was (laughs) like a year and a half until i went like when my daughter was born i don't think i went for like a year and a half Okay. And I went when she was six months old or wow, so. Wow, wow. Uh, so I've been going there, but then we lived there for one year, basically on and off for about two years, mm-hmm. uh, mostly in Mayapur.
0: And it, that's where you kind of did a lot of research and you did got training, uh, further training, as to be a like a, you know, into Archer Archanan, and things like that?
1: Yeah, I would say, like, it started there. I mean it's it's been sort of an ad hoc uh process in terms of my research and, and my in my study mm-hmm. uh i was pujari basically whenever i met anyone who knew anything i would corner them and ask them every question i had mm. and i would kind of keep lists of questions if i saw pictures of a puja i'd try and understand what is what's happening in it and then i would ask them okay what's this what's this what's this and if i saw some new puja or something i mean now there's videos and YouTube and, and the internet, but then I would look at like old bridge bossy spirits. Oh, right. You remember those? Yes, yes. There were like pictures of Gorkeshova doing installations. Oh, and so I would right. ask, I would, eventually I got in touch with him, um, but other devotees and I would ask them like basically corner them and ask them everything I could think of until they were exhausted with either me or <laughs> just the questions or exhausted there. All right. Uh, their knowledge, yeah, and then in Mayapur, I continued studying there. And then that was the first time, like, we were living in Mayapur, and then I eventually made my way to South India. Um, one of those trips when we were there for a long time, oh, okay, and made some contacts there, and then continued studying. And you know, I met People like Gorkeshava, and he introduced me to some other people, and then eventually Sevatula and I um, met our teacher, our tantric teacher, Dr. Shalva Pila Ayengar, mm-hmm. um, who we've been studying with for the past wonderful, few
0: years. right, right. Um, so, what got you interested in in like? Because I know I and I've assisted you in these pratishtas, many of them recently, which has been really awesome. Like, what what got you interested in in that specific? Part of Pancharatra.
1: I mean, I think for me, the whole Panchatric scene, I'm interested in somehow or other. Certain things come up more. I think it. Oh, for I me. see. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pancharatra is it's both a philosophy. It encompasses everything. It's a philosophy. It's it's not just temple worship necessarily. Mm. Um, it's everything that you do is connected into the Pancharatric process, but. I think, somehow or other, there's all these DD installations right now, and it came at a perfect time when I... some For some reason, I've been able to get involved with them, yeah. and then Seva, Tula, and I have been spending a lot of time studying, and going through stuff, and uh, checking on texts, and somehow there's been a Sangha, so it's all sort of... It's kind of like a perfect storm. Right. Um, but I like the Utsavas. I think, for me, the, the Pratishtha is so much about the meditation and that's what I personally get into of how the deity comes to be. Right. And how the Lord descends into the Murti. And the connection between the Murti and the mantra. Uh the Diksha mantras. Right. And but I think like festivals when you have festivals, whether it's a Pratishta that's when people get excited. Yeah. And it like I remember the first time I went to India, the devotee who took me on Parikrama he said he made a really good point he said every few years you can do parikrama. and that can that's like a you know you do your pilgrimage then throughout the year you have your liturgical calendar and you have festivals and those are like little pilgrimages and then you have a codices and they're like every two weeks you have a, you know it's it's important to kind of get recharged right uh because you can sort of get run down not that the idea that uh because like sometimes that can be taken in the wrong way where we just do our thing and then every once in a while we do our spiritual life right you know but it's just a sort of to get like an extra recharge because we sort of get drained yeah yeah so I always think that of the the petition is it's a way to as a priest to connect the community to the to the deity
0: right while well, we're on that subject of, of deities I always get this question about installed deities mm-hmm. and uninstalled deities and mm-hmm. how some you know if your household
1: uh, excuse me. We're trying to have a podcast
0: here. Uh, d- uninstalled DDs in, in homes. People don't want to uninstall them because because they um, don't want to have like an amazing high standard. Yeah. So they say, okay, we don't have to install them. Or people get DDs that are ancient DDs that are like, you know we don't know if they're installed or not but they yeah. worship them and so yeah. like so tell tell us a little bit about that like should someone install deities if they cuz i think our listeners could probably really benefit from this and you're being an expert in this subject like should we have should deities always be installed or can we worship uninstalled deities
1: I think sometimes the the issue that comes up is i mean we can look at it as like an issue of language sometimes cuz when we mix up um English words and Sanskrit words. Because the idea of the deity, when using the English word deity, it infers God.
0: Right. Deity, yeah.
1: Morti doesn't necessarily that's just the form. Oh okay. Archivigraha, that's the avatar, that's the expansion uh of the Lord according to the Pancharetric system so if we if we use like that's where the idea of an uninstalled deity that doesn't make any sense there's no such thing
0: right uninstalled deity it's,
1: who is it if it's, it's like a not god god <laughs> right but it's, but that that doesn't exist now if you're worshiping a morti you have to install it i mean the, the short answer is yeah you always have to have an installed deity. You,
0: always have install you always
1: have to install it you always have to install a deity there's no such thing as worshipping. Otherwise, you can respect a picture. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. But when you get mortis in your home, they should be installed. Otherwise, who's there? Who are you? Like, what's. It's like. Um, Narain permeates everything. So, in one way, you could say. Yeah. Who's there? Is it Sakshad Krishna that's there directly controlling the entire universe from that spot? I don't have that vision, so I can't say. But according to Shastra, that's not how it works. Right. Um, so I mean yeah, they ha- they have to be installed. It's it's not the 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 question of like like what you're saying, like, oh well you have to have an incredibly high standard or something like I think that's where people get confused. Like exactly if you have installed Radha Krishna deities you have to have like eight Arbtiques and right. you know, all this stuff, that that that's not the case in in my understanding. Yes. Um the idea is that you install the deity in some form and like in some way, not in some form, but in the Murti, the appropriate way, right. uh, but then you have whatever standard you set up. Usually it's you do some puja in the morning, mm. uh, you know, 16 upacharas, mm. and then you put them to rest in the evening and that's it. You offer whatever you, you have. Right that's it in a temple it's different I think Srila Puri Maharaj made a really uh, good point he said something like the deity in the home or the deity in the temple is like a king so in the king he's, he's the center of everything mm. so everything has to go according to his, his program but in the home he's like a guest mm. so he's a little bit more accommodating Right. now some people can take advantage of that and, and, or, and think oh well no no Krishna is the center of my home so he's also the king but it, it's not like that It's just, it's just analogies have faults right. so like let's try and just the point is is that it's a little bit more accommodating and it's just I mean I've seen many many strict very very strict um, and orthodox brahmanas Vaishnava brahmanas what they do is in the morning they do their puja and then that's it right and, mm. and, and it's not like they feel they're sweating it or something. You know right. right? And, so it's and something those they can. installed deities. Yeah. It shouldn't take too long, also. That's, that's a thing. I think sometimes we think like it should be like, it's like five hours of puja. <laughs> it shouldn't be anything <laughs> like that. It should be 15, 20 minutes. That's it. Yeah. If you're taking longer than that, then it's too much.
0: You can't maintain it now. You
1: can't maintain it. You have other things you have to do.
0: Right. You know, you have to and, and it's a fact.
1: It's a Grihasta Ashram. Right. You have to chant. You also have to probably have a job. Right. And work and read and do all these other things. I mean, there's like all this suddenness stuff, and then you have to have all of your maintenance. Yeah, yeah.
0: What about what about deities that like maybe someone found, or that are ancient deities that that uh, we don't know they were worshiped before, or they're... So, what would your view be on that? Like in terms of what? In in terms of do they need to be installed again, or uh, are they good to worship, or you know? Because I see this. I see that, you know, a lot of people looking for old deities and things yeah. like that, which is cool. I mean, I think it's cool to see an old deity. But uh, yeah. according to Shastra and according to uh, authority, what is what is the right way to go about that?
1: I mean, my understanding, at least, I can only speak from what what's in, in Agamas and Shastra. Mm. What is Agamas? So the Agamas are the body of literature that deal with, uh, you could say, ritual in general. Or, um, and that's divided into different parts, there's the Shaiva Agamas, Vaishnava Agamas, uh, I think there is Shakta Agamas, and there is maybe one or two other ones. Okay. Within the Vaishnava Agama scheme, mm-hmm. we can say, yeah. uh, there's the Vaikanasa Agama and the Pancharatra Agama. Okay. And so we don't follow Vaikanasa, that's that's only like a few temples at this point now uh, follow Vaikanasa, like uh, I think Parthasarthi Swami temple in Chennai, Tirupati Baluji, there, you have to be vyaknasas; you're born into it. Right. They have uh diksha.
0: Oh, interesting. Uh,
1: but we're not vyaknasas, so we we get initiated outside of the womb. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we follow the Panchratric system. Yes. Now, and that's part of the Agama group. So, in any case, the, the Pancharatra the uh, Panchratra Agamas, they give some points about installation of the deity. I mean, they cover it intensely, but one of the things what I'm saying is that uh, when a deity is not worshipped after a certain period of time, then he has to be reinstalled. Okay. Um, there's not... Unless... The only caveat is if it's installed by an acharya, then maybe there's some leeway. Mm-hmm. But if you buy a deity in an antique shop, then still something has to be done. Right. Now, the issue... Comes, we don't know what the history of that deity is, who it was worshipped by, if it was ever worshipped, what happened to it. We can only go by what we have, which is what we have in front of us. If the deity has no characteristics still, then we don't know what kind of deity that is. Right. Um, also, Agamas describe how the deity should look. If, they're wore, if it's worn out, then you shouldn't worship it. How do you make a connection? Mm. Agamas describe how the deity should look. The um, qualities, the measurements, the... the um, What's the word? Uh, relationships in terms of measurements. Anyways, dimensions? The, the, not the dimensions, but the... Um,
0: oh, the... Um, I know what you're proportions. saying. Proportions. Right, yeah, right, proportions, right, Proportions. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: so, if we got a deity that you don't see anything on it, mm. it's cool, it's cool you can... Or not a deity, if you get a morti, let's say. Mm. Um... It's cool. It's old. It's a nice antique. I personally wouldn't worship it if, mm. if there's no if there's no characteristics or the faces worn off, because it, you can't create a relationship. Agamas describe you don't worship a deity like that. Right. In fact, even uh, if you have a deity in a temple and it's worn completely, Agamas describe, then you replace that deity. You, uh, Hari Bhakti Vilas describes you change them. Like uh, you would change a garland Really? Yeah
0: I've never heard that before yeah. Because there's so much uh, importance given to the, that specific deity That if you changed it out It's like people would be like Oh, this is a, this
1: is a new deity yeah, It's not the same But <laughs> Exactly but This is also Sometimes you'll see in some very ancient temples You'll see a stone deity There's also a distinction between the, the different types of deities on the altar There's the mullah Mula Murti which is the main stone deity and then there are the other uh, metal deities that are expansions of that right so sometimes you may even see an, an old deity behind the Mula Murti which was one that's aged now they say if that deity is installed by an Acharya then you should worship him until just one finger is left even Oh. so there's no question about it but if it's not installed by the there are different types of installations ones that are done by rishis or acharyas right. and then ones that are installed by you know, regular regular joes mm. um, but yeah it says you, you replace them but there's different rituals of how that's done so that the prana is still intact from the original murti mm. um, even if like say a metal deity is, is broken and you have to replace him there are different types of breaks that are considered some are important some are non-important there's kanishta madhyama and uttama breaks really yeah and so some can be repaired and then it's okay some can some then you rejoin it with like gold oh, okay but if it's beyond repair then what you're supposed to do is you take the um if it's a metal deity you melt the metal you take that original metal, you add whatever extra metal you do, you need, and then you recast it. But it should look just like the original one. Ah, I just and you're keeping the same metal. Yes, which yes. is also interesting, which also makes sense at a time, you know, thousand years ago when it was a lot harder to get all these things. Also, that's fascinating. Uh, that's practical, but. Also, then during that time, you take the prana from the murti Mm. and either you deposit it back into the mola murti or you deposit it back into, you deposit it into a kumbha Mm. and it's worshipped. Or if it's a long period of time, then you would put them into like a wooden carved form of that murti. Mm. But it's not that you just go to Loy Bazaar, and you get another and you're like, oh, well, that one looked, I want a different kind of Krishna. Like I want one that looks, he should look like the original one. Mm. And he should be made out of that same metal. Like, there's, there's parameters for it. It's not just, like, you just yeah. play some willy-nilly. And there's descriptions of at what point that happens and all the rituals that are involved in doing that. I mean, it's something that we have to think about as we grow as a movement long-term, because, you know, already, Murtis are, are, are starting to... They start to wear after some time. For sure. Um, even in... I was reading one text and they were describing it was a study about like this particular process mm. and they were saying how there are practical aspects to a lot of the rituals of purity. So if you have a morti in a in an altar, okay um, when they take the like we would say utsav mortis out on procession, when they come back they're supposed to give them a bath give them a bath before they go back on the altar because the idea is they go out and there's all this dust in the air and there's all the stuff in the dust, stool and all, all sorts of things mm. and when you bring them back what's going to happen is you're going to pollute the altar for all the things that fell on the clothes and everything right. and then that dust over time starts to build up in the altar and that's going to start to eat away at the metals mm-hmm. of the morti and at the stone. Interesting. So it's, it's about uh, archivability. And that's why also, like, we have to be... Cl- I mean, there are many reasons. I'm just giving, like... There's, like, material reasons. There's spiritual reasons. There's, like, different types of levels of material reasons. But it's one aspect of, like, thinking. these. The, the scriptures are thinking very long-term. They're thinking a thousand years ahead. Right. How to maintain... Because it's not like in one day you go out, and then all of a sudden the is going to be yeah. ruined or something, or the form is going to be ruined. But yeah. it's after you Know a few hundred years, but sometimes it can be even faster, like mm. we see in Iskand.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, Iskand, we see like you know, there's marble deities, there's even yeah. like that poured marble deities, yeah. and, and 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 uh, you know, even in the time that it's been now, let's see, the most is like 40 50 years, there's so much deterioration, yeah. And um, I just wonder how it's going to be in the future, you know.
1: I mean, I think the modern Mohan temple that uh, Srila Radnath Maharaj. Establishing the GEV, I think, is a really landmark because it's one of the first granite mortis of Krishna. I think it's probably the only one in Niscon. Really? Granite? Um, he's made, yeah, he's made out of granite. And that's what Agama actually describes. Oh. The deity should be made out of granite. Um, there
0: not there Shringadeva in Mayapur? Yeah, and there's, and
1: there's some of this uh, uh, granite as well. Okay. Um, I think they're made by the same people or same food uh, in Mahabalipuram. Okay. Because these granite is stronger, it will last longer. Has longer. Oh, it's not as fragile. Like the marble deities are so fragile. Yeah, and a granite deity like Madan Mohan, that's why you can have you can have Abhisheks for like Narasimha or Tirupati Balaji or um, this Madan Mohan more than once but marble is, you can't do that even yeah. when we place them you have to be very careful how the yes. deity is placed otherwise stress goes in the wrong place and it, so but um, granite deities are very long term so I, I personally hope they install more granite deities but they're right. going to look different than what we're used to
0: yes yes they're mostly you know they want mostly the be- I guess it's considered beautiful the white Krishna white yeah. Radharani
1: or, but like also like to get that tree bunga form, the granite has to have a sort of a little bit of a background, like a piece in the back. But like Nathji, I believe he's granite. Maybe he's not granite, but maybe he's some stone from like Kamyavan or something. I don't know, but he's not, I don't believe he's marble. Right. Um, I don't know when that tradition came, but I'm sure it's, it's you know, it's before us, obviously.
0: Right. While well, we're on that subject of, of, of deities, um, like I made this Facebook post yeah, recently, yeah. of donor,
1: <laughs> donor, I'll be shaking. there are two hundred and fifty comments. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm sure there's more now.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I couldn't keep up with all the comments, but people were just, you know, it. I got the, it got the attention of the deity Worship Ministry, which was cool. Um, but um, I think there it's just a real dilemma that devotees have, managers have now, you know, how to maintain a temple, yeah, uh, keep the income coming in, yeah. but at the same time. Sticking with, you know, what Prabhupada's standards were or what yeah. standards are in deity worship. Um, I don't know. I just don't agree with it. And I think there's other ways to go about it. Um, I heard that the way, the reason it was started was because of the
1: Turley case.
0: <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that interesting? Someone messaged me privately and said,
1: told them. I don't think that that's the case because I remember it before the Turley case. Oh, really? Well, what year was the Turley case? Wasn't it like, that was like late two thousands? 2000s, yeah, 2000s. late
0: nineties or early two thousands.
1: Yeah, I think they were doing that before. Really? I feel like they did it in ninety six in the Centennial. Yeah. Remember, everyone has those Kalashes, the Centennial Kalashes with the, with the thousand and eight rivers. Yes. Oh stuff. my gosh. Yes. I think it started in Juhu. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I believe it started in Juhu.
0: Um, I don't know. What do you think about it? Like I, I know what you think about
1: it, but I. <laughs> 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 but but um, maybe I'll surprise you yeah maybe you will I'm really into it go for it go for it yeah. Yeah, no. I'm not I don't like it <laughs> I think it, I mean there's like a few different aspects I mean for sure the temples have to come up with some way to not just raise money but also take care of the people that take care of the temple yeah I mean traditionally Yejimans or the sponsors are honored They they've done a lot they're giving they're giving money they're giving facility for the temple to to function. Yeah. Sometimes we, we think that it's just like, like, you know, kissing donors' asses or something. But that's not what it is. It's 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's actually like offering respect and thanks. You know, and and I think that's appropriate. Um, sometimes it can go overboard, for sure. But traditionally, you would have. I mean, let's not say even traditionally. But there's two aspects, right? Like, there's how do the, how does the mon, uh, temple maintain itself, and then how do we worship the deity? So, let's maybe we could talk first about how, why why that would be inappropriate from like a deity worship perspective. Sure. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's because good because it's two, two, different sort of topics. Mm-hmm. Um, from a deity worship perspective, it it doesn't make sense because the adhikar for worshiping the deity is initiation. Okay so and why is that right Mm -hmm. like is it some elitist thing (laughs) it's because the mantra that one receives from the guru second initiation the mantra that one receives from the guru is the sonic form of the deity Mm. they're interconnected or you could even look at it this way the murti is the physical form of the mantra. But they're interrelated. During the Pratishtha, the, the Murti is, or the not the Murti, but the Archivigraha is made out of the mantra that one receives from the Guru. Mm. So they're interconnected, and the adhikar that one has to have to approach it, you have to have the mantra. Because the mantra is the access point. And using that mantra, one does Nyasa, the right. shuddhi, So you destroy all the material elements in the body. You rebuild them spiritually. Then you apply the mantra on different parts of the body. And then you can approach the Murti because you're made out of the same mm. elements. And you're recognizing that. Interesting. So we go through this whole process of meditation and everything. And then we can approach the Lord. But then, it's weird if a guy gives $108. After <laughs> you do this whole process, <laughs> <laughs> he shows up in a suit and knocks deity in the head with the kalash. And then uh, gets a selfie, and then continues on. <laughs> to me, it's like anticlimactic. Right. It doesn't make sense. It's operad, because he doesn't have the Audi or she doesn't have the Adhikar. car. Yeah. Uh, now they may be second initiated. Then they say, okay, well, what if they're second initiated devotees, now the thing is, is, with what is the point of the um, abhishek? It's to offer kingly worship, right? Rajopachar. Yeah. yeah. And to, and so there's a whole process. For that now, when you have everyone just coming, oh, okay. Let me take a step back, even. Yeah. When you, who gets benefit from it? Because then some people will say, "Well, I want to get the mercy too."
0: Right. But I, I, I want to bathe the I deity. I want
1: to bathe the deity because that's the only way, apparently, to yeah. worship the deity is by bathing him. Yes. Like when you know when we've done all these abhisheks for our practitioners and stuff. There's maybe. I personally think the best way is you just have one person that's there behind the deity. Yeah. And we all help that person. Yes. We all get the benefit. Mm. But it's not because we're helping. Anyone who's there, you watch, watching it, you get the benefit. The person doing it gets benefit. Everyone gets benefit. Especially when we all work together. Yes. You know? Cooperatively. And we work together cooperatively. When you see some really beautiful Abhishek's, it's usually because... Everyone is working nicely and it's like a nice dance. I remember
0: the video you sent me of if this uh, in the South India, someone was yeah, doing yeah. it and everyone was just standing around and he was doing it kind of. Yeah. He, he wasn't, maybe he wasn't doing an Abhishek or maybe he was, yeah, was but there was some ladies singing yeah. and oh, there, yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was people chanting mantras and stuff. So your point is that they all are benefiting. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And they all have different services that they can offer. That's the thing is like this idea that, we all have to do the same thing. We all have to press the same button at the same time. Otherwise, it doesn't work. <laughs> but we all can have like some person can be singing, some person can be chanting mantras, some person can be preparing all of the different items, yeah. and we all work together and we do it. But it doesn't have to be that every single person has to be bathing the deity. Mm. Uh, and then the practicality of for me, I wouldn't want to stand there where while well, everyone's just kind of in a line pouring water on me. <laughs> There are different <laughs> substances, and there's different yeah. things that are are done, and there's ways to do it, and you have to. There's an expertise that is involved. There's training. Yes, that's, that's also there's there's the mantra that's adi kar, but also there's training. Yes, and you know, not unfortunately, not everyone has that training. Yes, and and I think maybe we need to make it more widely available, but I also don't necessarily. I personally don't believe that every single pujari then, like when you have well, all the pujaris come. Mm. That is, it's also dangerous, like in some of these installations, we're fortunate in the US it's not such an issue, Mm. but in some other places where you have like an installation, everyone wants to come and I understand that they all want to participate because you never get to bathe big deities like that. That's Mm. usually why I kind of take a step back anyways and let the local devotees do it. Yeah. but it's also very dangerous because it's slippery and everything. Mm. But you have to be really careful. Like when we move the deities, mm. we don't just let everyone who wants. Sometimes everyone wants to touch like in New Jersey, <laughs> and they they think by static electricity they're gonna pick up the deity, and like just by everyone have a hundred people touching them with their fingers, it's <laughs> gonna pick up. You have that one person who knows what they're doing, right, right, to pick up the deity. Otherwise, you can break him. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's operad. So there's. There's the aspect of practicality. There's the aspect of, um, you know, training and knowledge. Then also when, I mean, in my experience, when someone... When you have a few people that can do it nicely, it's nice to actually experience it.
0: Oh, it's beautiful to watch.
1: I've seen seen Abhishek's where you have, like, a line of people. The whole temple room is a line. Hmm. And they start the class. And everyone's just kind of lined up going through people bring their kid the kids not clean mm. so that's the thing like we also we have to do all these processes to worship the deity and we're doing achman. i mean what um, at least we're doing achman or something yeah but all these other bhuta shuddhi and all these dhyanas yeah all these meditations and then people come in off the street the kid has his diaper full of poop <laughs> and and they're <laughs> like no no let the baby do it let him hold it <laughs> He doesn't care. First of all, he doesn't even care. Yeah, He's right. The baby, just Dude. let him be. And it's a parade. It's, yeah. It's a offense because then the thing is contaminated. Then they'll say, okay, well, you hold the conch. The pujari holds the conch, and then they pour it through, and it runs through. To me, that's a silly loophole. It doesn't really work either. Right. Because one, it's just it's just not practical. Yeah. And also, then they're contaminated. You know the. The, also, the idea is that all these substances are worshipped. The mortis are the uh, deities are installed in each of these substances, mm. and they're worshipped. So the adhikar for even holding those things is very specific. Wow! You know that, if you don't know adhikar meaning qualifications. Yes. Uh, so it, it's really important to have people who know what they're doing and also I think opportunity for people to learn how to do those things. Not that, okay, like I'm not saying, oh, well, maybe I know how to do it so no one else should do it and it's just, it just should be me and you, Nam, and then we go <laughs> and no one else. And that, it shouldn't be like, you know, people feel like they're cornering the market on it or something. But yeah. people should be able to learn learn how to do these things. And then, yeah. you know, um, there should be a community and that's how you also learn is by assisting other people that know how to do it. Mm. And then you have these teams that can do it really expertly. Yeah. Because everyone is working together. Yeah. Rather than okay, no, now you get to pour the conch. Now you get I, I've seen so many abhi shakes where they they're making sure every single person that all the pujaris are gonna pour. And is just standing there and it it interrupts the whole flow of it. Mm, yeah. And then you just see there's all these guys standing around uh, I mean, frankly, it's usually disguise, right. and they're all just standing around. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, it can be—it can actually be a really nice thing if—if if uh, a lot of times people just need to sit down.
0: Yeah, I think this is not a well-known thing, like that. Oh, by looking, you can yeah. also benefit yeah. by doing something in the background. You can benefit.
1: And usually, the Abhishek's um get when you have to do that. You end up doing a real bare bones obby shake because of it. Because they're like, well, you can have 10 minutes for the obby shake and then we have two hours for the donor obi shake. So you got to go through it really quick.
0: Yeah, yeah. But if
1: you do it really nicely, then it's actually something people want to watch. Yeah. No one wants to watch everyone in the whole community. No, that's not... for the thing. And, uh, you, first of all, you can't even see it anyways. No. But no one wants to watch that. So it's boring. So I understand why people will be like, I don't really want to sit and watch that. But if you see a really beautifully done obby shake, then people will, will sit and watch it. But it, it, it requires time, it requires skill, it requires a good, a good team.
0: I think training is what is lacking. Yeah. And, I mean, in that aspect, but then there's also the aspect of, you know, understanding that this is for the pleasure of the deity and not, um, not that this day should be, you know, the money that we make for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can understand that part. Also, I, I, I personally think that most of the time you're going to get people who want to sponsor festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't, you know. I mean, it's it's more sattvic to maintain things over long periods of time, and but most people aren't necessarily there. So people get inspired by festivals. If you have if, and I think part of it is changing the culture where when you have a really nice festival and it's done well from the start, you have, just have to have faith. Maybe the first time, you're not going to get all the money for it. Right. But maybe the second time, people will say, oh, well, this is what they're doing. Now, I'll, you know, I can stand back. It's, so uh, the example, I was thinking of like, I think at ICNJ, uh, once or twice, we've done this where we have our promotes of them. Okay, yeah. And we were talking about how do we get people to sponsor? It? And the idea was rather than say okay we're gonna have a hundred people sponsoring for whatever amount of money we have two people and that's like their resp- it's their festival they're oh. responsible for it oh. like and I think it can work with communities where you have where you have a large community and say like even Radharman in some ways is an example of this but it's a different setting because they are the Pujaris also right but the idea being say the Harrisons they're in charge of Pranima. they sponsor once a year that's what you save up all year
0: Wow that's an interesting idea
1: and then all of that costs all of those things now it should be obviously there it's not like uh, when they do the donor obby shakes it's just covering that particular festival they're trying to raise money long term yeah but you know you obviously it would be not just for the own festival but something more than that like say you give ten grand or something and or you have a few people that this is their responsibility and then during that festival, they should also be honored. They should be given the best seat to sit. They should be given the Mahaprasadam. Because it's... And, and that's in the tradition. The, the yajaman is honored. Yeah. They're given blessings. They're, they're taking care of the Brahmins. They deserve it. Yeah. And so the idea is that they, they own that festival in a way. And mm. that's like they're, they start to... They pass it down from their family and they take responsibility for it. Whether it's even raising funds for it too. Or whatever, you know, whether it's just the festival itself or they have to meet a certain quota, but that's, like, theirs. But the idea, I think, that people like Narasimha has said and many other devotees, you sponsors should be taken care of. Give them a good place to sit. Give them good prasadam. Mm. And, and in my opinion, you know, give them a good place to sit doesn't mean, like, okay, well, you have the, the yojuman sit here and then you have all the senior devotees also. No, the Yejimans, they should have a special seat, not yeah. just... Anyone with gray hair also sits there. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, But actually, the the like they get to sit on the stage next to, and they get to see the deity. Mm. You know, and and some people say, oh, well, so monetize. This has been going on for thousands of years. Mm. The king before it was just a king, Mm. and so the king would get honored. But we don't have kings, and even if we do, they're not life members. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so we don't really care right uh, but we have our we have our people and they should be they should be honored uh, and, th- and that is part of the tradition like thanking people I mean it, it's a loving exchange thanking people giving them for yeah
0: and
1: sometimes people say oh well they're selling Maha I don't I personally don't think of it as that I would say you give it's a, it's a way you're giving them thanks because they're sponsoring it
0: Yeah. I I wonder if we could incorporate that that okay, for let's say for next gen Mashnami, maybe five families will sponsor and they get they sponsor the whole festival. Yeah. And maybe they even sponsor some more because yeah. whatever they make for this Kalash thing, yeah. they sponsor that much. And they get all that really good treatment. They get the good prasad they get the good seats and everything like that. They don't get to bathe the deity, no, but no. they get to sit and sit and front and watch yeah. in a nice and way. And they have
1: to do – but then the pujas have to be really nice. Right. That's the thing. Because like, you can't then just say, uh, okay, well, then we're just going to do some, the same simple thing we always do. Right. It needs to then go – really be really really special
0: right because
1: but then there's not a worry not a facility is there Yeah, and there's not a worry
0: of, you know, making sure the donors, you know, what if the donors come late and then you have to continue, like what happened uh, with our Abhishek is that people came late, so we had to, we, it's supposed to start at six and people came at seven, the donors, so, so so making the deities wait, making the deities wait, like, so there's no, there's no, uh, you know, there's no worry about that, you just do, like you said, a beautiful Abhishek, everyone can watch, and you have a nice program, and there's no one's worried about the money, the temple president's not worried about it, the managers aren't worried about it.
1: And, and the mood is different. The sponsors, they're not sponsoring it for themselves. Right. They're sponsoring it for the community. Yes, exactly. And that's why the community would support it and be like, oh, hey, they're, they're actually paying for all of this and the, you know, for us to have this experience. Right. You know, it's their, it's their service to, cause it's not just, and it's a way I think for the, the to think this is their way of serving Not just the deity But the devotees Right, right. Know, And they can serve prasadam and, and you know like They get some maha cloth and, mm-hmm. and you know You do a really nice puja And there's ways There's traditional ways To honor the yajaman
0: Right um, That's that's really interesting I wonder if any other temples Do that in the west
1: it, it requires a shift in the culture Because people are are There's samskaras now Specific to donors In a very specific way Oh yeah So it it requires a shift. It requires brahmanas
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it requires donors to, and, and requires a little bit of patience because it, it may not work in the same way. But in my opinion, it's probably a better long-term thing mm. and you develop relationships in a very different type of way. And um, I mean, in my opinion, it's better to sell a few things for a lot of money than a lot of things for a, a little money.
0: money. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, there's people who
1: made fortune selling selling garbage and Right. us too. but we don't Krishna is a lot. He's 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 like garbage. He's everything. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and we're we're not also, obviously we're not selling him. Right, right. But the idea is like this is it should be expensive. It should be but it shouldn't just be like, oh well, I can't afford this now. I don't have access it's a different mood i think and people get frustrated uh, this is also a thing now let's connect that to the first discussion about like what's the adikar for worshiping yeah because this is a thing sometimes people complain about the donor abi but they conflate it with thinking well i want to be able to do it it's not fair that they do just because they give money Give money, right and that's the problem is that the people who give money it's not like they have a particular adikar spiritually right. necessarily sometimes they do many times I mean, honestly, many times they're second-initiated devotees who are basically running the temple. Right. But many times they're not. Mm. So, then people will think, well, why does he get to do it? Or why does she get to do it? The only difference between she and I is not initiation, it's money. Mm. We're Neither of us are initiated, neither of us have, technically have qualifications, but they get to do it because they paid something. So it's like, if you give some money, then you get around it. Mm. And that's where I think people people get hurt by it mm. and people get uh, you know really annoyed because so then they think well if we get rid of the donor obviously then everyone should bathe not everyone should bathe mm. it should just but it shouldn't be if you pay then you get some special uh ability to bathe
0: right right i can hear you guys really clearly no no you guys talking um Let's let's shift gears okay. and talk a little bit about um, initiation. Mm-hmm. I know that's a topic that you like to discuss. Um, so what aspect of that is uh, kind of interesting to you in the sense of like, okay, is it, is it something like modernly in ISKCON or maybe even the, the past? Because uh, like, there's first initiation, right? There's Harinam. Mm-hmm. And then there's Mantra. Diksha, what we Mm -hmm. call, or second initiation. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I guess what I'm trying to get is, what I'm trying to ask is, uh, what part of that uh, is maybe something that needs to, people need to know? Like, for example, like all this Abhishek thing is something that that people may not know, you know, and, and that's really valuable to know. What about initiation should people know?
1: That's a weird question I know I, It is a weird <laughs> the question The way, way, way it's phrased The way it's phrased Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I do that I try to uh, What is it people. something that people I mean I think it's It's, it's mandatory mm-hmm. For Vaishnavas Right I mean, To be considered Vaishnavas Diksha is, is, it, is Sometimes is, it's, it's considered
0: a, Sometimes it's some Like, a, like a, a
1: goal people strive for Yeah And that's not yeah. entirely correct Right I mean my understanding is that This is the beginning of spiritual life Okay Is surrendering to the Guru the process of initiation is You um, When you find that Guru I mean that's why I think some, a text like Shri Guru and His Grace is mandatory Reading for anyone who wants to take initiation Shri Guru and His or, Grace who wants, uh, who wants to become a devotee Because initiation is You have to take initiation Right um, What was I talking about?
0: Uh, <laughs> okay You know it's 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 the beginning of spiritual life.
1: Okay, yeah. So it's it's. I mean, it's a it's the beginning of spiritual life. It's, it's. I think one, one devotee put it really well, that. When you take initiation, you give up your name, you give up your identity, you give up all that ahankara, mm. and you connect to the identity as the servant of the guru. Mm. That is what getting the new name is that's why giving up that identity and 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 then we take our neck beads or in some traditions they brand Mm. because now you're the property of the guru and so you identify as a servant of the guru right that platform is the base platform of spiritual life Mm. we can have experiences before then we can have uh, practice before then but that's at least according to Shastra I'm sure there are many nice people who are devotees, but at least according to Shastra, this is the mandatory beginning of spiritual life. There are always some, um, what's the word? Not examples, but uh, outliers of that. Right. You know, but for the most part, that's the process. Um, I think you're right. Sometimes we. We give so much emphasis that we put initiation on this weird pedestal mm. that it becomes impossible to achieve mm. or that we have to, we think that we have to be in some special place. But it's really like we really just got to move on it. We don't have much time. Right. We don't have much time. You know, our spiritual masters aren't always going to be around. Yeah. We need to take advantage of the time that we have with them. Yeah. And and really get, get going. And sometimes I think, oh, well, when I get older... It's harder when you're older. <laughs> yes. It is much easier when you're younger. Yes, for sure. You know, yeah. I took initiation when I was 17. It was much easier to yeah. be in that place to take initiation yeah. then. Uh, when you're in your... Thir- but sometimes people do it. Yeah. You know, like, how old was your father?
0: Yeah, he was... Uh, well, so let's see. That's the, more over 20, 23 years ago. He was probably in his 40s.
1: Yeah. How old was feel Prabhupada?
0: He was in his 30s, I think. Yeah.
1: So... The thing is, sometimes when people do it when they're older, they do it much better. Right. Right. You know, I was 17. It's not like I did <laughs> did much with it. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, you have people like Srila Prabhupada. They did it a little later. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> they did well. We're here. We're here <laughs> because of it. We're okay. here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and people like your father also. Then they, you know, it was because they had some experience. So I'm not I'm not poo pooing like the idea of. People who need to wait a while, yeah. But I think sometimes the idea of like minimizing it uh, or thinking that they don't need to do it.
0: Yes, I think that yeah, that's a that's a big thing. I think people don't, you know, they don't need to do it. They feel they don't need to do it because you know maybe some de- you know devotees go on and do all do all kinds of things without initiation yeah. and and that's become maybe a norm in yeah. some maybe in some sort of way maybe not completely but.
1: Or they think it's only if they... they, they well, one, they, they... Maybe they have Upanayanam Right. So, you know, I can worship deity It's a different thing. It's a totally different system. Really? Yeah, I mean, you can do some things, but you can't worship in the temple. And also, we have... To be a Gaudiya Vaishnava means to be initiated into the Gaudiya Vaishnava mantras. Right. Not the Vedic mantras. Those are different ones. Yes. So it's a, it's a different thing. Interesting. Um, or maybe... I, I mean, I don't know. I can... There are many reasons why people may or may not. Uh, it's 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 hard, I think, in ISKCON because we have very clear uh, parameters for people to get initiated. Right. And um, there is not the ability for the guru always to be able to say, hey, okay, you know, like, this person is working mm. on making progress. And, yeah. And... Maybe there are, and I think there are some cases, and so this is where you know it has to be—it's a—it's a private thing ultimately. Yes. Like I can say all I want, but it's between the guru and the disciple what yeah. that process is, and maybe how long it will take for them to take initiation. Like
0: I remember Tulsi was telling me that some devotees they're in. You're not supposed England- to say people's names. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> they, she was telling me how some devotees in England—they're deaf, so mm-hmm. they want to get initiated, but they. Are they deaf and mute or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, only deaf. So they want to, they can't chant, uh, they can't chant 16 rounds the way oh, yeah, regular yeah, people yeah. can. Yeah. So the their guru made them like a concession, like yeah. they chant only four rounds yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. So uh, maybe that's what you're referring to. Yeah. that the, the According to the guru's discretion, they can make some changes. Yeah. Uh, that's not very popular, but yeah it's, it's I, I'm sure it's being but, done
1: but but it has to there has to be that now it's a dangerous thing people say oh it's Prabhupada society okay but you know gurus have to there still has to be some ability for a guru to have a personal relationship with their shishya yeah but you know that I'm not a guru so it's not really my issue it's not my problem <laughs> <laughs> but so but I'm just saying like you know that's ultimately it's between it's between the guru and the disciple but as l- my my concern is always just as long as you feel like this is something that you need to do, you know, yeah. Like that people need to do. This is an important step in spiritual life. And yes. It can't be avoided. Yeah. Um, it's it's integral. And just like if you worship a deity, then you need mantra diksha. You need initiation into that process. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, having the guru. It's not just a formality. Some people say, "Oh, it's a formality." It's not just a formality. Having a relationship with a senior is important now. Maybe not everyone has that direct relationship with their guru. Then they have it with maybe some other seniors or yeah. shiksha gurus. Right. But the formal um, process of initiation is important. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's integral to spiritual life. It's connecting us. Right. You know, and and the mantras are important. The what was that? I just read some verse in Hare Bhakti Vilas about how if one. Can't remember what it was. It was something about like basically, if you take second initiation and you start, don't start doing worshiping the deity, then something bad happens. I don't know. Really? It was like it was like you you, know, you really have I to. Yeah, I, I can't remember what it was. Uh, maybe you forget. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, but, but um, you know, it, all those the process is important. I think sometimes we also this is the, another thing that we, I think you and I have talked about a lot is sometimes we conflate. Brahmanism with second initiation, and, uh, okay. and you know, and sometimes we think, well, I'm not a Brahmin, I'm, I don't need to take second, All right. or I shouldn't take second, or something like that. Or yeah. put second initiation on a pedestal, and I think it's, I, it's hard for me to fully understand because I kind of remember before taking initiation, like everyone who had initiation, they were. I think it's different from a for, from a. Western convert than someone who's like grew up in the movement, mm. but they're like, oh wow they are, they're initiated, they're like, oh wow they have second initiation, right. it's like a, they're, they're for real, yes yes yes
0: uh, I remember someone introduced me like that, like one devotee like I think we were, I don't know going to some Kirtan festival or something and they're like, this is Namas Prabhu, he's second initiated, that's the first thing they said about me, and I was, like, and I was just like and everyone's like, oh wow that's wow. great, wonderful, what happened to the first time you did it? <laughs> But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think there is definitely... I mean, I was having this conversation with uh, someone that wants to take second initiation, and I was saying how, you know, you should take... You know how the the, the guidelines are, the requirements in ISKCON are you have to take Bhakti Shastri.
1: Is it is it is it across the board? Is that I think it is. is. I'm there? pretty sure it is. And
0: I think it's according to, you know, of course it's according to Guru, like, mm. if they if they have that requirement or not, but I think it's a good requirement Uh, just because you, you, you kind of get a systematic, you know, study of the Shastras and you get a better idea of philosophy. Um, But I I don't know. Some people don't agree with me. Some people say, Oh, why, you know, you shouldn't, there shouldn't be any requirements. There should be whatever
1: the guru says, you know, if they say, then you should take it, then you should take it. And I, I I would say it should be, I think there's two things. One is, before even getting into that point, like for me, because we put so much emphasis on first initiation, yeah. Whereas some groups may not. Um, for me, it's like if you already took first, then just wrap it up and get the second one.
0: Right. Right. Like
1: you, you already made the commitment. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, just. But before you got to that point, probably should have done bhakti. Shab- you should know the philosophy. <laughs> what you're right. getting into. Yes. Yes. You should know what it means to be a disciple. You should know what it means to be a guru. Like the idea of, you know, not just because someone is officially a guru, do they have to be your guru? Right. You know, or, you know, your guru could be someone who just has two disciples. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, you have to understand what what guru is. Right. You have to understand what it is to be a, a, a disciple. Then you can make your decision. You should also along that route read the Bhagavad Gita, read an actor of devotion and all, and all these texts and, and get a basic understanding of the philosophy. Yes. And then maybe you take initiation. Mm. Um, I don't know. In my day, we didn't discourage people from taking initiation. <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually wanted them to do it. We didn't make it complicated. Right, yes. But I can understand that they want to, you know, like, I think there is... A really important fact of getting people to have the the understanding of shastra, yeah. doing it from that perspective. I would say it should be earlier.
0: Earlier, yeah. That's a that's a good I, I idea.
1: The devotees like from you know the 70s and 80s say you know you had to read the whole Bhagavatam before getting first or second or yes, something like yes that. yes yes I've heard um, that or whatever books were out at that time because you know? <laughs> right. they would just be reading them as they came out. Yeah. So it's easier to read was, Bhagavatam. Yeah, <laughs> It was just two cantos, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, to be to know all of the Bhagavatam, know the most, right? Um, but the the issue comes is that where you take Bhakti Shastri, yeah, you know, the, the, it's hard to make a rule that uh, you have to, and which I don't think it's a rule, I think it's just encouraged. They offer it online, yeah, now, okay, that's great, yeah. But, you know, it has to... The facility to do those things, to meet those qualifications, have to be really, really easily, you know, out there. Because not everyone can just go to Mayapur for four months. Right, exactly. And and to create a community where that's just like... Everyone does Bhakti Shastri also. Yeah. And maybe that will get to that point, you know, later on, where all people who are initiated have that. Like, that's like bare bones minimum and that would be amazing.
0: Mm. I think Prabhupada even said, you know, that uh, anyone who has studied all the books or something they can have the title bhakti vedanta or bhakti shastri or something.
1: Well, there is bhakti shastri, bhakti and bhakti vedanta. Right. And then they can be gurus.
0: Yes, yes. Like, like I think in the Gaudiya they they have sometimes they're given like uh, titles at titles, the end, yeah. right? Like something, something like Bhakti Ranjan or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's I think. Pradunna
1: had a uh, yogya raj. Really, that was the title Prabhupada gave. Pradumna Prabhupada. Wow. Yeah, I think Pradumna Prabhupada said that uh, I think there were two titles. It was Nar Narayan. Right, Vishwakarma. Uh And then. Um, Prabhupada gave him the title Yagiraj because he did all the installations and uh, initiations I said why didn't he give more he said I don't know maybe it was (laughs) if he said probably one of those things if someone brought it up he would have done it but it wasn't right right but uh, yeah Bhakti Bhaktisaranta Prabhupada and and in the Gaudiya I guess they would give that Bhakti Vichar Bhakti you know right Bhakti Shiro and right and everyone had, and then the Bhakti Shastri and stuff. I don't. I think they were not necessarily formal like levels of certifications. As at least is. originally, I right. think They were more inspired us. right? Given, uh, like Bhakti Vedanta, right? Or, right. You know, like that was his name before he took sannyas.
0: Yes. Yes. So um, I think this is a good guru's segue into uh, if we're talking about gurus. <laughs> 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 Let's talk about a little bit about. What people call FDG. Okay. Female Diksha Gurus.
1: <laughs> Thanks for it. Thanks for the sound effect toss. Um, I don't think females should be gurus. You're just messing with
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no no, let's talk about it seriously. Okay, okay. Let's talk yeah. about it seriously. Uh there are two sides of this story. There are yeah. two sides of this uh, whole thing. Yeah. You know, I think the Friction comes from Iskon India. Yeah. That they don't want, uh, you know, to change things. Uh, there are no other, there are no female gurus in other Sampradayas. I remember I asked, I spoke to you about yeah, that. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's not true, but yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. Um, so if they, if they do, if Iskon does make female Diksha gurus, then Iskon India has said, we don't want to be a part of the rest of ISKCON
1: blah 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 so let's get your take on that (laughs) I mean I can't speak to the political side of it I don't I really rather not honestly okay Um, Okay. but I can speak about what Gaudiya Vaishnav tradition and Shastra yes I mean there are the the interesting thing is that we all of, of all the stuff I've seen no one's really um looked at I mean not no one but from the arguments against it uh for some reason, no one talks to any Gaudiya Vaishnavas, right? which is a weird thing. Probably because there are many, many female gurus in the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition. It's not just Jhānavama. Yeah, but someone said she didn't have any disciples. I mean, she I didn't give know. initiation. I wasn't there, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but people seem to say that she did. But, but regardless, there are many uh, other female gurus. And people will say, well, they're all sahajas. but No, they're, they're not, actually. There are many, there's many, many um, traditional Goryas who, they have female Gurus, even within our own lineage. Really? Mark, you know, Thakur, um, the, his Diksha lineage. Okay. Um, oh, like and Bipin, people will say, oh, well, then, Bihari yeah, then they'll Goryan. say, oh, well, that doesn't count. Well, it does count. I mean, it is something. Yeah, you it is something. Like, you can't, if you say there are no female Diksha Gurus, and I said, yeah, there are, and I give an example, you can say, well, that one doesn't count it does count yeah. we can talk about what their qualities are and, and, and whatnot, not but yeah. you can't discount it yeah uh, and there are many many others uh, it's not just they weren't anomalies some Gaudio lines they're only females right um, now the real question is uh, so, so that we know for a fact and I don't know why they don't want to talk to them whatever um all the quotes that um, go against this like there are many discussions with orthodox uh, Vaishnavas other sampradayas and they're amazing scholars and the quotes that they give no women no sudras they can't give initiation they're not qualified Uh, they can receive tantric mantras but not anything with pranava Okay, Mm. so that ends the discussion, right? So no female gurus, no Sudra gurus. So what happens to ISKCON? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so foreigners, yeah. Right. We have foreigner gurus. They're, I mean, like, they're all Vaishnavas, but based on that point of looking according to Janma... We are outside of the realm of varnashram, so I mean, not you. You have a gotra and everything. (laughs) I don't even know what it is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You can ask your grandfather something, and he'll tell you. Um, But, but you know, for it's it's kind of I don't under I I frankly I don't understand the the logic of it. Yeah, right. Maybe there is some that I'm just not um, haven't been exposed to. Yeah, but. If we are going to say women are not qualified based on these verses, then no foreigner should be gurus either. Mm-hmm. And hey, that, you know, that's, that's Shastra. You can make that argument, like, let's make that argument. yeah, but then it needs to be consistent. Also, then no uh, sudras or you know, foreign-born people should be initiated into omkara or women, which they are in ISKCON. Mm-hmm. Both foreigners and women have been initiated into the Omkara, mm. uh, Pranava Mantra with the uh, Brahma Gayatri, right? So that's an issue too. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: so like, there's there's like big walls being ignored in that in this discussion, mm. and you know, I don't really think that it's gonna destroy the movement, frankly. If we have a few old ladies giving initiation to people who want to take initiation from Right, them. right, yeah. Um Frankly, the story of Ajamil, he was a guy. There's not really any stories about these old ladies that are falling down with, with young men. Yes, yes. It's yes, always yes. the other way around. Yes. And somehow or other this is the big concern. Well, what if a, a female guru marries her disciple? It's gonna be an embarrassment for all of us. Right. Oh, is that a concern? Yeah, that's one of the concerns. One of the arguments I've even seen, like, oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's going to be an embarrassment for the whole society. You know? <laughs> uh, what about? I've read the books, you know, about our own history. Let's just deal with that first. Yeah. Right. Um, now, I I I appreciated one of the discussions with uh, Lakshmi Tatachar, who's a great Sri Vaishnav scholar in in um, Melkote. Yeah. And he said, yes, it's there, actually. And there's, there's a possibility of that. But it's, it's, a, um, it's not the standard. Yes. And, you know, I think the, the point, I feel, is that the opportunity... And I, I think you could probably make the same case for people who have no samskaras, who are not born with any samskaras, who don't come from any tradition... Who've who've taken to Krishna consciousness later in life? You can make that same argument and say those people that's sh- that's not the standard. They're um, uh, what's the word? Um, not outliers, but they're like somehow or other it's it's happened like that. Mm-hmm. And I think and we see we have all these devotees. There are a number of exalted devotees who were not. Born in India, did not come from those traditional backgrounds, who became great devotees and who are very much qualified to be gurus. Mm. So we have a society where that those examples exist. So I think we should just be open to the possibility of other examples that may not fit within the narrow parameters. Um, like it's it's just odd to me to say, well, well, we can we can allow that, but we can't allow this. I don't think. The um, we should just say, well, because there's men, then there should be women ones because everyone should it should all be equal. See, that's that's what my point was. That's what someone told me was that
0: it's not about the shastric thing, it's not about that, oh, that uh, there are qualified women gurus, it's about equality.
1: Yeah, that that to me, that's not shastric. Yeah, you know, we're we're qualified on a spiritual level, but we have bodies that we have to deal with, so everyone has different things. I mean, that's Varanashram. Yeah. There's hierarchies. Um, but we have to be open to the possibilities where people can not fit into what they're born with. What You know, the the situation in which what they, like people who are born in Lecha families becoming qualified as Acharyas. We have to be open to that. Mm. Because it's, Krishna is so amazing, he can do anything. So he can send some devotee, some great Pakta to be born in you know, the USA and, and, and the Midwest or wherever. Mm. Or maybe New Jersey even. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but like, you know, wherever. And we have to be open to that. Yeah. Just like maybe there can be a woman also. I just... For me, it's more of a question of training devotees to find gurus. Mm. You know, and... and yeah. S- s- figuring out, training devotees to see who, what is a qualified guru? Not that we just see someone, oh, we like how they talk, or we like how they sing, or we like how they dress, or, you know, or they give a, they tell really good jokes in their classes or something. No, it should be someone that represents Shastra. Yeah. Has, has, sees through Shastra and um, represents the tradition, has a strong sadhana, has a taste for bhakti, Mm. has lived the tradition, especially, I mean, it's, it's really hard because our movement is so young. It's, it's wild to think. I mean, the fact is we have a a rocky history. Yes. But what's amazing is there are a few devotees who moved through that, who at such a young age, you know, being devotees for less than 10 years in some cases, took the responsibility at, of of taking di- uh taking disciples and everything. Yeah. Um and did did actually stick around. Mm. Uh but it's rare. But now we have more time. And now we can have people that are actually... You know, at that time, the gap of senior to junior was so small. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. People... I mean, what's crazy is now even... Oh, yeah, I remember when he was a bhakta. Well, you were a bhakta like a year before. Right, so It's right. not like a big a big difference. But... Now we have a, a larger gap. So those people who we can see as qualified to be gurus, they've had more time to practice, you know, be engaged in the practice. And I think we just need to train our new devotees to see what is what is a guru, whether they're female, whether they're male. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's really the the real crux of the issue for me. Yeah. But and also, but I think being open to it. It's not like now it should be we you know I, I, I'm we I'm, I'm not I'm no one I have no position in anything right. but it's not like oh well we should allow female gurus and now we need to legislate like we need to introduce 50 female gurus okay. that to me seems silly yeah yeah you yeah know? I was just thinking like
0: what what would happen if they do allow you know females to give like what do you what do they think is gonna happen like is like people gonna come in hordes
1: like, like there's not gonna be a march or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it's not It's there's a few I, I mean I don't even know how many I mean there's like one maybe I can two I think of maybe like five there's a handful a and handful. they each have a few people that are aspiring for them yeah, yeah. right I don't think they're going to be it's going to be a whole maybe, maybe they will maybe they'll be going around initiating bundle programs of of people villages villages full villages Yeah. I don't, yeah it'd be awesome it would be awesome you know yeah. hey why not but um, maybe it won't happen, but we should be open to the possibility. If if it if these people are qualified, the thing is, it's like, you know, like I know of at least one has a PhD. Yeah, been been practicing for for a very, very long, very time, long time, very austere scholar. Yeah. What what what's, what's the, the issue? issue? I wish more of our you know initiating spiritual masters had those qualifications.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: You know, like. I have one devotee said, well, Jhana, you know, like, well, um, Jhana had, had, she's Lakshmi herself. What is it? But you were talking about <laughs> No, not no, Jhana. No, maybe later. Maybe later, maybe later. Maybe later she can do it. <laughs> but, uh, she, she's Lakshmi herself. So naturally she can be a girl. And I was like, so unless it's Lakshmi herself, <laughs> she, like it, it's either her or just some other guy yeah like it just can be any guy but you know i mean the thing is is we can't deny the fact that there are certain traits that we get by birth and by samskaras if one is born in a brahmin family a brahmin vaishnava family you're going to have certain qualifications by dint of your birth Mm. that i mean we can say oh no 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 that that's a caste. no it's not because we understand the theories of samskaras uh, things that are done before birth you have certain privileges, certain abilities, yeah. and you're going to be able to fall into something much easier. Mm. Um, and you're going to have certain experiences and probably uh, certain parameters by how you're going to live your life. Mm. But we still have to look at that individual after all of that to see what their qualifications are and what their actual... Um, how they live. But we also have to be... Like, it's just... To me, it's shooting ourselves in the foot to, s- to quote these verses because the... Extension of that is 99.9% of ISKCON, at least in the West, is unqualified to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, not have any, have uh, at least one of the mantras that we have, and definitely not to be gurus. So th- that's a dangerous path to start going down. And yeah. I think sometimes we forget, because we think we're Brahmins. Right. We're not. Most Most of us are not. Right. And I don't mean like we're not because we're not inclined like that but most of us are not you know we don't live that lifestyle you know most of us get a paycheck so we're at best we're sudras
0: yeah shoot that sudra life
1: yeah and, and it's honest life uh but I like that paycheck yeah yeah but we're slaves yeah yeah <laughs> we know and it's it's a weird thing where we where we oftentimes we conflate it vaishnavas are higher than brahmanas but just because you're a vaishnava does not mean that you are
0: a, a brahmana also you know it's, Wait, it's, so
1: it's, then what it's a, there's a hierarchy it's you know it's they're they're qualified i mean i was talking to one of my teachers and he, we were talking about this and uh, the idea of second initiation he said why would you even want second initi- why would you want uh, not second initiation why would you want uh Gai- the brahma gayatri and all this vedic stuff after you've gotten Pancha samskara after mm. you've gotten mantra diksha so mm. it seems like you're going backwards mm. because that's higher right actually mm. this is that's the highest that's why bhakti Mata, tacor you know renounce all these things traditionally babaji they take off their thread and they just give up because they don't want to get involved in all that stuff interesting you know so that's why also i mean to me, it's just—it's really a non-issue. I think we should just be open to it. But I can understand sometimes. I think we conflate uh, Vedic culture with Indian culture, Brahmanism with Vaishnavism, Brahmanism with uh, second initiation, it, and it all gets mixed up. Where you say, "Oh well, there's this old Indian gentleman. He said this. I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with Vaishnavism? What does that have right. to do with bhakti? Right. You know, uh, it's—we're not trying to be Indian. Mm. actually we're trying to be paktas mm. we're not trying to be vedic either we're trying to be paktas it's within that vedic sphere sometimes it's connected and by vedic I mean following vedas Prabhupada I think used the term vedic in a more looser sense of anything that um, follows the conclusions of the vedas which is the worship Krishna so in that way yes we're trying to be vedic mm. but in terms of you know practicing vedic rituals I mean, we don't really have much to do with that As glorie of Vaishnavas. As as Vaishnavas... um, As the Vaishnav tradition as given by Rupa Goswami. Right. But, you know, maybe in the comments of this, people will give all sorts of arguments and maybe we'll be like, oh, yeah, that's a good
0: thing. I should have Vashagoshi Prabhu on. Yeah. I've been reading some of his stuff. Um, He's quite vocal about how different quotes of Prabhupada and senior disciples of Srila Prabhupada while they were like something about Tamal Krishnamaraj saying how Prabhupada never said women should be GBCs Mm. uh, something like that anyway I haven't really delved into it but it'd be cool to get his take on the whole thing
1: yeah I mean my point is just if you make this argument that women like you're quoting all these texts those texts also say sujas are not allowed to be
0: yeah no that's a great that's a great and, argument and and,
1: and you can, it's very dangerous to make that like at the end of the day that's my point if you make that argument then you're disqualifying foreigners
0: totally yeah you're
1: disqualifying foreigners and for me it's okay so then every once in a while you can, you can if you say that well every once in a while maybe there is so why not every once in a while you find a, a woman just I would just be be open to the possibility yeah of a foreigner being an acharya and a a, a female yeah. being one, and the fact is. is- why are we not talking to any Gaudiya Vaishnavas about this?
0: Yes, I mean that that even goes back to sometimes even deity worship as well. Like, yeah. okay, we you know uh, it says, oh, proppa never wor- Prabhupada said nothing about Govardhan Sheila worship. Therefore, in any temples in iskon we will not worship Govardhan Shilas from here on out. Like because when the ministry was, but what about uh, you know like let's talk to the Gaudiya Mahat. like they they know all about it like yeah. and they have so many acharyas that have so much to say about it i'm sure but but i mean there's 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 this kind of fear i would say to step out of the
1: it's 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 hard because then things start to get mixed and we have such a history
0: yes definitely
1: and now many of those original devotees from bhakti Pro, i mean all, they're all gone yeah so we have the next generation yes and things have changed and been influenced by other groups as well right um but the history has to be there. And Prabhupada also was specific about, you know, different groups we could, we should talk to. and Yeah. Like, yeah, I, it's hard. There's a lot of research that needs to be done. I mean, the, the issue, I think, sometimes with some of those things is, and I think Srivatsa Goswami said this once at uh, the Jivan Institute, that at, like, their inauguration of their Bhakti Tirta course, mm. that the problem not the problem but one of the issues that can come up in the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition is that we didn't have a centralized authority mm. some people maybe may hear that and say no 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 Rupa Goswami but it, it wasn't centralized like the Madvas or the Shri's uh, Ramanuja lived for I think what 120 years wrote many texts many commentaries and it was very clear like what he wanted he organized uh, and standardized temples it was very clear like what he wanted and how he envisioned the philosophy, the practice. Mm. And he was just dealing with Brahmins. Mm. You know? And Madhva the same. Our tradition, Mahaprabhu left eight verses. (laughs) He was in Navadweep and there was the Navadweep pastimes and then the Puri pastimes. And there's kind of different scene in both of those places. And then, where were all the people, you know, Rupa Goswami and, and, and the Goswamis, Then they went to Vrindavan, and then so there's the Vrindavan scene, there's the Puri scene, there's the Navadweep scene, and they all organically grew independently Mm. from their experiences directly with Mahaprabhu and those close associates of Mahaprabhu. Then, of course, you know, we have how, um, you know, all the different biographies, and some of them have even opposing points in them. Right. And... That's why Krishnadas Kaviraj's contribution of the CC was so important, because it gave a sort of final word on the story of Mahaprabhu, and then um, wove the philosophy of Gaudiya Vaishnavas from Rupa Goswami into the text. Right. And then when it was brought back to Bengal, it kind of like tried to give it a final word. But things still continued, and there are all sorts of different groups. And so we may say, oh, Bhakti Mautakvita, For us, bakimotakura is an important person. But to other people, they're in some other line. And they're still... They are still actual, real Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Mm. There are many Appa-Sampradayas and other groups that are connected. But there are many other Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And so it's very complicated for... I don't even remember why I got on this topic. But Mm. it's very complicated, I think. Oh, in terms of going to people. Yeah. Because there was no centralized authority. Yes. So there are certain things where maybe, like in terms of ritual... They may be taking what was happening locally and then kind of Gauriyaised Gaudiya, it, like a Smarta mm. tradition that then was Krishnaized or Gauriyaised. Whereas a, a group like the Sri Vaishnavas, they have a really systemat... one, they've had a lot longer. They have oh, yeah. a thousand years yeah. they've been around. And so they've systematized things, and and it's really standard across the board. They have some different different Pancharatric texts, each of the main temples. Um, but there's certain things that they agree on. Obviously, like later on, the, there's a split between the Varakalai's and the Tangalai's and you know they have different moods. Of course, even different groups. Mm. But you know they can sort of say, Ramanuja said this. This is you know this is the philosophy. Whereas Gaudiya Vaishnava it's a little a little more complicated.
0: Definitely, definitely, it's a fascinating subject. And also,
1: so much is focuses on bhava yeah and an in internal uh process so that's also very private
0: i think we have to be okay with that yeah because sometimes there's a there's a tendency to that we want something really cut and dry i mean i've just been even even personally i've been kind of just accepting that you know not everything's going to be like like that, black yeah. and white. It has to. There, there is bo- so much Bob involved and feeling and and yeah. gray areas.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there. I mean, sometimes I think, of course, the danger when we say that is, then it seems like we have no philosophy and it's just uh, we're just a bunch. Well, like, ideally, we're a bunch of ecstatics. Right. But you know, there's a strong philosophical side. Sometimes it's under underemphasized uh, because of. And we say oh, we're just bava So I want to, you know, be a little careful. No, about no, no, for sure, for uh, sure, yeah. But that internal life, and that's where sometimes the rituals come out. That's internal. It's private. It's and and sometimes I think it's also in this age, partially because of ISKCON's p- particular position and as a global movement, it's it's growth with Westerners, and we're trying to figure some things out and standardize stuff in a la- in a larger. Sphere across like international in an international like movement. Yeah, it's complicated when some things before all this communication, a guru tells a disciple something and that's it. And how how to do puja? You just follow that. But now we have too many access to too many books, mm. too many procedures, and we get con- ourselves confused. For sure. And you know, at the end of the day, we just have to stick to stick to something and yeah, you know, as long as it's. Author, comes from some sort of authoritative process, definitely. Um, because even amongst, like for example, like using the Sri Vaishnava example, there are different temples. They have different Agamas that they follow, or different um, Pancharatra uh, Samhitas, and there may be some slight variations in how those pujas are done. But mm. that's what happens at that place. I see. That's what happens. That it's not like, oh, why? Well, saw they do it there. So I should do that here because that's more right right but no that's 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 that process even so like um, in the hair parting ceremony right so uh, the woman is supposed to take a vow of silence right yeah oh that was a great part of the <laughs> ceremony when we did um, it <laughs> <laughs> Uh the, and so that's according to Sama Veda in other Vedas the man takes a vow of silence yeah we should call out that one Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, get a word in anyways. <laughs> so, So, uh, you know, but it's not like, and that's the problem when you move in the global movement and you're not just interacting with one particular village and one particular, you know, like, so we do a sumscar. they'll say, well, no, no, our tradition does this, and then they think we're doing it wrong. Yeah, oh, right. You know, no, we're not doing it wrong. This is one way we're, we do it, but, you know, there are many different ways, oftentimes, to, to do stuff. You just have to, but then there's some stuff that's just wrong. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are things that are wrong. Yeah. Uh, but it's sometimes it's it's a little more complicated when you start to really get into it.
0: Right. Um. Yeah. What's the timestamp there? One and a half. Oh, nice. Cool. Okay, let's we'll wrap up. But uh, some last thoughts. Um, where do you see Where do you see Iscon going in the future? <laughs>
1: It's what very, it I don't know what does that mean?
0: It's a very it's a very uh, broad topic actually. Um maybe in in like where do you, where do you think it should where do you think the focus should be? Because I know we always talk about we always talk about things that need to be changed, things that need to be improved. Mm-hmm. So from your perspective and I don't think people get your perspective very much because you're very I think you're a very private person, you're very internal, you you know, you keep to yourself, but um I think you have very like they you, don't get it like like what I'm saying or <laughs> no not <laughs> that but we just don't we don't hear from you so uh, much so uh, and I think you have a lot to offer so maybe as some closing statement uh, for all our viewers who are mostly
1: devotees I would say but if they're not it's gonna be really confusing that's okay that's it's only a <laughs> what few what we've of them. been talking about yeah oh yeah <laughs> what we've been talking about totally yeah. <clears throat> uh... So wait, what's the question then?
0: The question is, where would you, where do you see, where do you think the focus should be, moving forward?
1: I mean, I think education. Okay. I, that's one of the main things. Um, education, yeah, like you know, that devotees should learn. You know, we have nice kirtan, and that's I think important. Yeah. And I think that, and I think that was maybe underemphasized also a little bit. Before you know, it seems like there's a resurgence of kirtan in the last, what, maybe 10 years. Yeah, um, and I think it seems it's kind of amazing, but uh, not but um, along with that needs to be education, understanding shastra, mm. you know, um, and a systematic education for both the um, lay people like the congregation, mm. and also the inmates of the temple. You know, right. the ashram people, they need to, you know, you move into an ashram. Well, I mean, it'd be nice we had good ashrams. I mean, I think there are some places that, that have that, uh, where they're not just free labor, but they're actually, they're students. Mm. I mean, like, brahmachari, sometimes we say brahmachari means monk. It doesn't really mean monk. Mm. They're celibate by default because they're studying. They're too busy to right. get involved with other people. Yeah. Uh, monk is a sannyasi. Right. But brahmachari means you're a student. So it shouldn't be like when you're a brahmachari, you're just like a free laborer and you're just a grunt. You just are there mm. until you can't be there anymore, until you can't take it. But that you go through, a, you, you study, you learn something, you come out. What did, you, what did you do for the 12 years you were in the ashram? Yeah. Oh, I I learned Sanskrit. I learned Sadarshan. I learned Bhagavatam. Well, I learned how to, you know, do the pick. I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's not really good. <laughs> so you think that, that your time in the
0: ashram was just really formative for your future? For,
1: for me, I had a, I was very fortunate. I had a really good experience. Yeah. Um, I think there are many devotees who, who had that experience. I think it seems... Different devotees needed a certain amount of time. Yeah. Uh, but I was I was really I don't want to say lucky, but I was very fortunate to be in the situation that I was in. I I think it'd be great for everyone to have that experience. I mean, I, we talk about this all the time. Like yeah. having that ashram experience is is you see in the light. difference. Totally. Not that it's necessarily better, but you have a different perspective. hmm um, and having that foundation of those times when you, like a festival, when you're just just serving and really just giving, and you're not thinking about anything else yeah. other than that, yeah. you know, and those are the that's that foundation that then you can build a, <clears throat> a marriage on, you can build a life on, and right. where you've had the time. Not that, like sometimes people, I think they'll like, go, oh, oh, just take a moment to think about Krishna forget about everything else that's not our philosophy mm, no you think about Krishna all the time while you, you're and, 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 while serving. you're doing everything yeah. it's karma yoga yes yes um, but uh, what was I going to say but having that experience when we're students that that's all we have to do and then we have that foundation on you know connect but I think education is is integral yeah you know that devotees know the philosophy because there's so much weird stuff that people say that, yeah. you know, things about Maya and mm. that are just not our philosophy.
0: Right. Um, so just last thing is uh, you're, you're an artist and as stop well. stop
1: doing donor abhisheks.
0: Stop doing donor.
1: future. Yes, right. for the future. Um, and take initiation.
0: Yes, yes. So you're, you're an you're a, um, artist as well. Uh-huh. And you're a professor of art.
1: On and off, not not too so re- much late. That's lately.
0: really interesting. So you have a lot of you do a lot of photography. That's your main thing, right? Uh, photography.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Fantastic stuff. If someone wants to see your photography, you have a website. Mm-hmm. Please tell us the <laughs> please tell yes, us I the URL. One. Yes, I have one.
1: <laughs> on the interweb. Uh, it's michaelbeulahrose M-I-C-H-A-E-L-B-U-H-L-E-R-R-O-S-E.com.
0: Dot Okay. And if someone wants to get in touch with you, they can get in touch with yeah. you. Michael Bueller Rose on Facebook. You're on Facebook. Yes. You make lots of memes and things. Yeah. I, know. I don't, I don't know. make
1: <laughs> any memes. I actually don't make any memes. I know, I know. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I appreciate kidding. ones, but I don't make any. Yes. Uh, or you can go to Puja dot NYC P U J A dot NYC. Oh right, website. that
0: you. Okay, you're a you're a priest uh, and you do pujas for people in yeah. this area or otherwise. Yeah. So if you'd Europe, like to India wherever. Right. Yeah. If you'd like to... Uh, Hawaii.
1: Hawaii. If you'd California, like to bring... <laughs> Southern California. <laughs> totally into going. <laughs> Any any beach temples? Beach temples, yes. Um, so
0: so yeah, you do all those some um, uh, scars and things. So get in touch with Brahma if you'd like. To, if uh, any of our listeners would like to to do that. But Brahma, thank you for for coming on. I really thank appreciate it. It was really me. fun. Was I
1: thought we really were fun. gonna make more jokes. Was I thought we were really gonna make serious? more jokes, but you, but you're very
0: uh, you're very edu- uh, educational and you're very learned, so I think we we'll we have to come
1: back and do more later for a joke now. session next time. Uh, let's well, you're the one who better. brought up the female diksha guru thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta get a clickbait somehow, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Right, or else you no one's get gonna soundbite of that. That women should not be getting everyone to flop. Oh my
0: god, that's such a great idea! No, no, no,
1: I said that. <laughs> no, no, there was one line that he said you could misconstrue it. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> so, okay. we'll see if I'm still in the movement. After this. <laughs> 50. Awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about uh, between two tulsi's
0: maybe later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Take care. Thanks, everyone. This is episode 15. Hurry ball?